0: Welcome to the Bad County Funky Preview Podcast. This is your host, Sergio. I'm here with Casey, David, and
1: Greg. What's going on, people? So, as you know, Mad Max uh, Mad Max: Fear Road came out this weekend. And we've all been dying to see it and dying to see, dying to see where Mad Max goes after Beyond Thunderdome. So, our subject right now is favorite post-apocalyptic Movie, book, video game, yada, yada, yada. So, for me, my favorite uh, post-apocalyptic movie would be, and also technically book, because was based off a of book, is The Rogue with uh, Beagle Mortensen. Now, The Road is a very, very, very dark post-apocalyptic type of movie. It's not one of those... Um, I don't even know how to put it. But basically, it's like as dark as you can get. You can get, for instance cannibalism, rape, people dying of um of people dying of some type of like um some type of like poisonous thing in the air. Like they really never say in the movie what caused the catastrophe. You don't know if it's like a meteor or if it's um, nuclear weapons. They never say what it did, but you just know whatever it is, it's global. And movie's cold, and the, basically it just it's just it's dark. It gave me nightmares for like two days straight just because of how bad the movie is. Um, or how good the movie is. But anyway, along the same vein would be The Last of Us for PlayStation PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. A very awesome, phenomenal, um, post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, for me, it kind of falls in the same vein as The Road, where not other humans are the bad people. It's not whatever's running around in this world. It's other people are the villains. Other people are the monsters because of what they do and what they can do. Also involves a lot of cannibalistic cannibalistic things and messed up places. But what made um, The Last of Us great for me was not only was it kind of like a zombie-ish type of game, but it was one of the few games I played where for the first several hours of playing it, I was afraid to move like five feet. Or move, afraid to move 10 feet. Or just afraid to do anything in particular in the game. And there are certain parts where it took me an hour to beat. Just because I didn't know where to move and how to move. And anything could kill me. And there's not many bullets. Or stuff will break. And going back to the road, it's the same thing. If, you're, if you have a gun with a bullet, you are that much more powerful than anyone around you. Because you can hurt someone from a mile away. And the same kind of goes with... The Last of Us, if you went further into story arcs, where if you have a gun, you have that much more over someone than someone who doesn't. And yeah, when I think of post-apocalyptic world, those two bring into mind, The Road and The Last of Us. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, it is pretty interesting. I haven't seen the
2: road yet, mostly because I've heard it was just so like heart wrenching and terrible. And I think I watched like ten minutes of it. I watched up until like the outcasts or whatever, were, like being around Vigo Mortensen and his kid, and then I just stopped because I was like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Um, but that is in- interesting that in a post apocalyptic world, people typically think monsters, zombies, whatever are the most dangerous enemy but when it, it's really is uh humans and in um the last of us there are like these weird zombie coral reef creature things that go around but they're cake like you you can just sneak around them or you can scare them with a rock or whatever and they're easy to easy to get around it's the people that are really interesting and the way they program that ai really kind of uh lent itself to it as well so dave i think those are are fantastic um choices and I was actually gonna choose Last of Us but then you took it so thanks you jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody who just started The Last of Us and he called me. He gave me a phone call to tell me how great it was. He was like, dude, Thank you for recommending this game I can't believe how good it is and I was like right man he was like yeah you know I haven't played games in a long time and I really wanted to get into something and uh, I was thinking of what game has really good story really good gameplay and is in just a really good setting I was like oh The Last of Us like a no brainer so it's great that we've like video games have come to a point where it's become like a cinematic adventure an interactive cinematic adventure
1: the one thing i want to point out back from the last of us which just shows how like dark it is is that um my brother he read the book and he said that the book is even, like way worse than the actual movie cuz you know you get more descriptive but there's like a part in the movie where they arrive to this house and they go into a basement and there's like a bunch of people there like stuck in the basement you mean in the game and, no in the movie in the movie the road oh okay and they get to like they get to like this basement and there's like all these people just like Basically they're cattle and these this family that lives there, they're a bunch of like they're a bunch of uh, cannibals. And they'll go down there to take a person, and they'll kill them, and they'll eat them. But in the book, it expands further where and this is probably when it gets super dark, where basically the um there's a woman that's pregnant when they're like down there, and they go down there and she gives birth and they take the baby and they basically they basically like take the baby and just turn it into like rotisserie and rotisserie, this live baby. Over a fire after it was born like in the book damn that's medalist fool like it gets the book gets dark my brother couldn't finish the book he's like i can't This movie it's just he couldn't finish the book too that's up. incredible yeah he couldn't finish the book just because how descriptive it got and how dark it gets and it's like that's what post-apocalyptic is like Greg said not monsters
0: the barbecue sauce
1: yeah and lightly glaze the baby a1 sauce tastes better
0: one sauce Then you put some creme fraiche, about a quarter cup, (laughs) quarter cup of creme fraiche.
2: Why do you gotta choose between the two? Just put them all on. Get some Frank's hot sauce on there. Some barbecue sauce. Some A1. Mmm, aioli. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: Turkey been basting for nine months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When uh, my girlfriend Uh, and I were watching uh, my girlfriend and I were watching like uh, on the same vein. We're watching um, what's it called? American Horror Story Freak Show. And I'm looking at this. I'm watching like the freaks and whatnot in the first thing that comes out of my mouth when we're watching it was do you think if you ate a freak it would taste different and she just looks at me like excuse me i'm like no seriously like if you were like to cannibalize and eat someone who's deformed would they taste kind of funny or would they taste like a normal human being
2: i think they would be more chewy if anything
0: <laughs>
1: chewy we're home <laughs>
0: all right casey
3: uh well my uh favorite post apocalyptic thing has absolutely bar none gotta be the Fallout series of games um the lore alone is enough to really keep you interested and you know f- as a it's it's a it's a whole different experience because in something like The Last of Us you you obviously take over the role of a character and you play through their story but in an open world RPG like Fallout. The story is about you. You make it your own. So, it really, when you explore and find something new, you really feel like it's you, and you're not just, you know, this character, the Lone Wanderer. You're, you know, you're exploring a city of Megaton that's completely, sort you know... Made of old aircraft parts and surrounded by an atomic bomb and, you know, that never detonated. And there's a religion that's based around this bomb eventually going off one day. But it's little things like that and horrible, terrifying monsters like super mutants that, that really make it an incredible experience um, that truly needs to be played uh, rather than just described. I mean, you could spend hours trolling on a wiki just learning all kinds of neat things about this and what changed and why the world is the way it is. But to see it, from your own perspective for the first time is truly remarkable
0: yeah I had a lot of fun playing Fallout from the first time you go uh, like out of the vault to you know you explore into other vaults and the thing is uh, the, the game's so cool. Like you can explore different areas, and it's so big that you and your friends will talk about different situations that you got into that your friend didn't get into. Like uh, I found that this one vault that was haunted by these ghosts, and I didn't expect it at all. I was just running through the landscape. I happened upon a vault door, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Let's go inside here. It must be some more, uh, you know, some more bobbleheads and stuff or whatever." So I went inside, and it, it played out to be like a ghost story. Like this, this vault was so haunted by the people who died in there. And it was trippy. It was really trippy. Like, uh, you'd be walking through and all of a sudden, like, a scene would phase in where someone would run through a corridor. And it scared the crap out of me. Like, it really scared the crap out of me because I didn't expect that happening at all. Like, good choice for a post-apocalyptic game. So the whole vault aspect of
3: the games and, and
0: when you realize that essentially
3: the vaults are in their own way like human science experiments, I mean you get vaults like that like a haunted one, you get you know one where people are hallucinating, you get one by the guys who do any arcade where it's a man in a box full of puppets, that's all that it is. <laughs> yes Just to, you know, like one male, one thousand females, things like that, it's absolutely insane and you know, it, it really just kind of opens your eyes to like what, what it could be. It almost feels like Realistic in a in a way that you know people with tons of money get together and are like, "All right, nuclear holocaust is a real thing. You know, let's plan to have survivors locked in you know vaults for centuries, and one day when the Earth is settleable again, we'll have them open up to
0: the surface." <laughs> yeah, did, did you ever get to uh to the oasis in Fallout? Like there, there's an yes. oasis. It's so weird. Like, I think that creeped me out more than anything else because in this whole, like, post-nuclear wasteland of America, there's, like, an actual oasis with, like, trees and greenery and stuff. And I I, I happened upon it and I'm just like, what is this place? Okay, what's the real secret here? Are there cannibals in here? Are there, like, what's going on? Because things are kind of normal. And then you meet this, like, this mutant tree that's, like, part guy, part tree. Or something? Do you remember that?
3: That's, that's, uh... God, is his name Herbert? I can't remember. Yeah, it was something Um, normal. He's a character from one of the old games, too. So he's really been around, you know, for hundreds of years. Uh And he's like, you know... Eventually, he just... He gets so mutated, he just stops moving and becomes a tree. Like, he has this little (laughs) plant on his head that just grows around him. (laughs) And his quest line is actually kind of cool. The poor bastard is stuck in this oasis, which is really the only place... Pretty much with trees in the entire capital wasteland at this point. And a bunch of like Robin Hood looking people come out and they're like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he'll save us all. He'll save the land. But the man, he's just suffering and he doesn't buy into any of the bullshit that people have around him. But that's only one story and part of a greater picture that I think really makes that world what it is. I mean, even, you know, wars over technology, you know, with the Brotherhood of Steel and things like that, it's all <laughs> very, very deep.
2: I like the like the random characters in that, too. So one of um, the characters that I happened upon, one of my buddies told me about, his name was Gallo. I don't know if any of you guys encountered him uh, in one of the sewers. You can actually like, kind of go hanging out and you'll find that it's all booby trapped and stuff like that. So you kind of make your way through the booby traps, kill the rats, whatever you get through it. Um, and then there's this room and there is a ghoul whose name is gallo and and i think it was gallo i want to say it's gallo anyways um he's wearing a birthday party hat like when you were like five years old and he just has all these traps around his room and um, like you, you pickpocket him you get his his key you get everything and he gets like super ballistic if he catches you and he tries to shotgun you uh, it's just like those random characters that like for me kind of fill out the game not just as a, a medium of entertainment and uh, of Interactive storytelling, but of the post apocalyptic genre in general like you you have all of this uh, Me kind of stuff going on this really like gruesome and gritty with the exception of the road, but the I mean There's like a whole usually there's a comic relief the road being the exception to that is what I meant um, so with Mad Max 2, there was his buddy, the, uh, what was his name? The gyro something or other. Um, and it, it's just, they're just there to kind of off put the whole misery and saying like, Hey, there are still jackasses in the world. Like some of them have still found a way to survive. So, um, I appreciate Fallout, uh three for, for doing that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, search, do you have any, any Favorite post apocalyptic?
0: I, I really like uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. You know, I like it was the first mm. it was the first time for me. I like uh you know, I don't know if they had this before. It was the first time for me seeing zombies that could run. Zombies that could, that could actually just get up and start bolting at you as fast as they as they possibly humanly could. And that was a terrifying concept because before, at least, least to me, I don't know if there's any other movie before that did that. Uh, you know, as always were you know, they would just you know walk slowly and everything and you know, these things happened because of some unexplained reason and uh I don't remember did they ever give a reason uh like what it was in twenty eight days? It was like a rage virus,
1: it was, but yeah, it was rage. It was like basically concentrated just rage. You know, whatever it was it was in their blood, it acted quickly, but just yeah, that was the only explanation we were ever given. It was a rage virus.
0: Yeah, did, was, did they ever have like an origin? That.
1: Uh, not really. They were testing it on like monkeys and I'll remember
2: this because I worked at the movie theaters uh at the time when it came out, the summer it came out. Um so all I can all I'll tell you is if you said what is it, the scientist is gonna tell you the affected and then the other guy's going to go, infected, infected with war. <laughs> with war. That just plays in my mind all the time. <laughs> and Dave, it, you're, you're right on that, Dave. It's just pure rage. It's like some super rabies rage. Super rabies. I'm pretty sure it was man-made.
1: I remember the first time like we saw it, me and my buddies went. It was like, we just went to go see it on a whim. And it was like the last thing showing of the night. So I think it was like a 10 o'clock showing or whatnot. So we went to go see it, and we're like, ah, oh, it's going to be just a, just a simple zombie movie, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it just starts, and he's by himself after the whole like, thing with the monkey. And then, like, when he goes in the church and say hello, says hello, and they chase him out, we were fucking shitting bricks, dude. Like, scared the hell of us. And, of course, when we get out, it's around midnight, and it's like, great, the car is parked all the way on the other side of the parking lot. Now the four of us have to walk across the parking lot, scared shitly, too, even though we're all grown men. Awesome
2: yeah and i mean that was I, th- I believe that was the first time that we had seen fast zombies at least it was the first time i had seen a fast zombie before which yeah. is very interesting
1: that's true because um after that like fast running zombies like that came out in um, the remake of dawn of the dead which i think came out a year or so after and it was the first time in, in recent memory that there were like the running zombies like um i mean there's always been like talking zombies like for instance return to living dead the zombies talked and rather than being, like, being cannibals, they just ate brains and they did talk and were sentient. But yeah, to my knowledge zombie movies, it's the first one where they just ran at you like at top speed.
0: Yeah, and then afterwards, yeah, just like you said, I, I I, you know, we keep seeing it in, in, in every possible movie they could possibly put it into because it's scary. And I thought, oh, look at that. They paved the way for a different kind of zombie because I guess people back in the day were sated with just the idea of a zombie and then just had them walk slow, which is fine. But yeah, nowadays people need more adrenaline. More
3: adrenaline. Why do we uh, keep
0: calling them zombies? It's a hate
3: plague. They're not
1: undead. A hate plague? It's a hate plague. (laughs) It's not a zombie virus. It's a hate plague. rage. Ah. Ah. No, you're right. Like, in in 28 Days letters, they aren't called zombies. They're called infected. And even, like, The Last of Us, they're called infected. They're not called zombies. Hell, if you think about it, in most zombie movies, they're rarely never called zombies. Even in Walking Dead, they're called walkers. They're not called zombies. The dreaded Z word So yeah, I mean it's um
2: it's it's interesting because a lot of people hear uh post apocalyptic they think zombies and stuff like that. Um which I mean a lot of them do. You you know, um The Walking Dead, World War Z, stuff like that. Uh but I kinda like to hang out in the zombie lists kind of world. Um so I, my favorite post apocalyptic uh story is a boy and his dog uh which is i watched the movie i know it's a short story as well uh that's the author is harlan ellison if i could talk tonight um bless you um (laughs) and it's 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 a very interesting um story because it's literally about a boy and his dog it's about this guy his name is vic Um, And he hangs around the wastelands with his dog uh, whose name is Blood. And he thinks his dog is telepathic. It's unsure if the dog is actually telepathic or if it's just crazy. Um, They essentially kind of – they wander around the wastelands looking for food and women to rape. So they're not like the nicest little duo. Um, They're pretty much like the worst version of Peter Griffin and Brian Griffin that you you can get. Anyways, Vic is not a very smart guy. He's uh, he, he doesn't know how to read stuff like that. Whereas Blood is very well read and stuff like that. Um, and what's interesting is they go, they find this place where they can. Uh, they found this this like it's almost like a cult where they have all these women there. And what they do is they nab like men and they just like take all their sperm through artificial insemination and then they kill them. Uh what? Vic finds Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, uh Vic find this Vic finds this out and he's just like, hey, this this is gonna fly. So um there's this like kind of love interest that they kinda have going on throughout the whole thing, who is I think it's like, she's the daughter of like the main guy there. The um so she's trying to like position it, so she's in charge. Vic's just trying to get the fuck out of there, yeah. uh, and Blood is just like, I, like we gotta, we gotta move, we gotta go, we gotta go. So at the end, um, Vic and this girl and Blood, they all escape. Um, the girls plan to overtake everything, kind of fell to shit. So they're just like hanging out in the wasteland. This is my favorite part. This is what makes it my. And this is a huge spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, this is what makes it. Oh, if you haven't seen it, it's been like fucking what. 30, 40 years like about time Um they are hanging out they're starving by a campfire and the girl I think her name is Quilla or Killa or something like that she's just like she implies you should eat blood blood's just a dog he doesn't have that many years left let's just eat him and like get, wa- get on with it so we can live another day Um, it ends with blood and Vic talking while eating and the girl is nowhere to be seen so it's heavily implied that he just killed her and was eating her I'm with his a... dog and they go about their life in the wasteland. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just like such a, like, wow, like this really dark. And you kind of start laughing because they're having this very like casual conversation about like, you know, just like, in, and they went any other day and they're just eating a person as if it's no different than any other day. <laughs> so that, that's uh, one of my favorites. And I'll definitely, um, bring up another one of my favorites on Thursday when we're doing the actual cast. But, um, yeah.
3: I've got one more if we've still got a little bit of time.
2: We could, we could squeeze one more little one in.
3: Well, uh, I think the only one that we haven't hit up yet doing movies, books, and video games is animation. And there's Ooh. one that stands out in my mind that you guys may not have thought of right away. and Disney's that is... Atlantis. Alright, uh, you all got right. me. That's- that's the <laughs> one. Uh, no. It's- it's Samurai Jack. Oh, uh, no way! Ooh. Samurai do, Jack- Do you consider yeah, that? Is that considered right. post-apoc? Oh, of course! It's yeah. got Aku basically having destroyed the modern world as we know it after he's already thrown Jack into the future. You know, mm. and it's- there are episodes where it's got elements of all kinds of stuff. Like, if you remember that, uh, robot family that eats steel? Mm. As a particularly poignant episode, but it it really falls into the same kind of thing. I mean, you know, you got one man traveling the wastes, not unlike a very familiar Mad Max. (laughs) Just trying to survive, you know. He's got another agenda to get back to his own time, but survives helping people. Uh, Every episode, quote-unquote, in his life is uh, contained in its own way. It's all part of a greater legend, you know. Act with action. More themes than you can shake a stick at. You haven't seen the show people, that's one to write home about.
0: Yeah. Samurai Jack was one of my favorites growing up and it was just so entertaining to watch, like the animation, the the stories themselves. Like 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 even even at times where it was just really peace and quiet and he was just figuring things out and he was like walking through landscapes of like any, you know, dimension or place he was in, it was just so captivating. And then those people started to make the Clone Wars. The best version of the Clone Wars in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you're right about
0: oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, the, the the 2D one. Oh god, so good. <laughs> Let's cover go this conversation for another day. Yarb. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, the Bad Kitty Funky Preview Podcast for this coming Thursday. As uh, we stream and podcast every Thursday, and the podcast is released on Friday. Join us next time. Uh, I am Sergio, your host, along with David. Yo. Casey. I'm here. And Greg. What up? We'll see you later, or we'll see you another time. Or never. See you never.